Hey everybody, it's Harry here. I know that we told you that we were going to be off this week, but we have a surprise bonus episode for you. This is the recording from our live show on June 4th at the Colossal Clusterfest in San Francisco. And we actually have one more live show planned. The Now Hear This Podcast Festival in New York City is September 8th through 10th, and we're doing our show on Saturday, September 9th. You can find tickets at nowhearthisfest.com. All right, let's get to San Francisco. From Topic and Ew, this is Politically Reactive. I'm W. Kamal And I'm Hari Tenderloins Kundabolu. The show where two comedians try to make sense of politics in America. Even though we get paid either way. <laughs> Today we are live at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco for Comedy Central's Colossal Cluster Fest. Oh, bravo! a fantastic show. We've got not one, but two New York Times best-selling authors in the house. Come on, I didn't know your book made the New York Times bestsellers list. It didn't. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> you might know our first guest is one half of Two Dope Queens and the host of so many white guys. And also, she's a writer on Portlandia, and she's way more popular than us, apparently, from all that applause. Please give it up for comedian Phoebe Robinson! Also joining us on stage is our good friend, the brilliant comedy writer and the author of the book, Shrill, Lindy West. And we have a surprise third guest. Give it up for Mother Jones senior reporter and world's best undercover agent, Shane Bauer. He's a white guy I like. It's all coming up on Politically Reactive. Welcome to the stage. Come out and hurry, everybody. Jesus! What is... Oh, man, look at this. What the... Look at this. I had no idea it's it was a lot, so a lot of people, yeah. I had no idea. Who did they think was going to be here? This is crazy. <laughs> it's weird. They just figure Hannibal's somewhere around here. He'll show up eventually. <laughs> is he going to come out? He's going to come out, right? Hannibal's going to come out. He's not going to come out. He could be right there. I could be looking at him right now, and he would not come out here. Uh... Hey, everybody. This is our second live show ever in San Francisco, a place where I have lived until it got too expensive. Too expensive. Too expensive. Gentrification. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Hannibal Burst. Hannibal Burst. Hannibal Burst. Hannibal Burst ruining the rest of our show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's now, a bigger reaction than any of us or, or either of us is going to yeah, get. Anybody, and he yeah, just yeah. was like, hey. And then he left. That was it. And he left. And, <laughs> and he won't come out again. And now we're all going to be like waiting for him to come back. Even me. <laughs> if I have a blank look in my hurry and we're talking, I'll be like, what if Hannah was going to come out again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he must have got something to say. Anyway, for those of you who aren't live with us here at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium, a venue that most of you would have never come to 10 years ago, we are recording this. That's another gentrification joke. We are recording this on Sunday, June 4th, 2017, in the year of somebody's Lord. We're at the Comedy Central Colossal Clusterfest in San Francisco. Yay! Somebody pitched the name, and somebody else approved the name, and then they invested millions of dollars in the name. <laughs> oh, we're not coming back now. That's yeah, what that means. You. Okay. This is That's a man who doesn't have a wife and kids to think about <laughs> bills to pay. That's what it is. I have a sugar habit. I, uh, hey, come on. I think I have sleep apnea. I know this is neither here nor there, but I, I think I have sleep apnea. Okay. I, 
Do you have a joke about that, or you just want to bring that up? Oh, hurry! I'm so concerned about your sleep apnea because you're my friend and not, half of our duo. No, that's a disease I'm never really concerned about with anybody. Well, look, uh, I think because I, I woke myself up on the plane three times snoring. Like I was like, "Oh shit, who's snoring? Oh, it's me!" Like three yeah. times. And I'm like, because the thing is, when comedians die, it's usually cool. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's heroin or it's like... Uh, it's not the middle seat of a Southwest flight. Yeah. Because he forgot how to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> how did he die? He just got so lazy. He stopped breathing. He was just... In the middle of sleeping, he totally forgot how to breathe. <laughs> For people out there, I, I know how the kind of fans we have. We respect that sleep apnea is a real thing. All right. <laughs> My father-in-law has it. I know how our fans are. You're like, I'm go- heading to Twitter right now. I, I, <laughs> I can feel it in the room. We respect that sleep apnea is a real thing that could kill Hari. And then the new co-host would be Hannibal. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like his three seconds on stage was an audition, and he passed. <laughs> That's how he gets most like, of his out? roles. I think I'm out. That's how he gets most of his roles. I'm Hannibal Burris. Oh, you're in the movie then. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, I will see. I, well, do you have any more to say about sleep apnea? I mean, I'm worried about it. No, no, I was just, okay, no, that's fine. I was foreshadowing my death, but okay, that's fine. That's fine, man. All right. Here's, here's, <laughs> a, here's a petty thing that I, that I uh, tweeted about earlier. Uh, so, there's a lot of big stars here at Colossal Cluster Fest. Uh, Hannibal Burris, as we just saw. Jerry Seinfeld. I think Kevin Hart. Was Kevin Hart here? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. He's not backstage at this show. Uh, but yeah, a lot of big stars. So today, an, uh, Bartable, uh, at SF Bartable, which is, a, which is, I guess, a local thing to c- tell people where stuff is happening near the BART line, because I guess people are like, I'm only going to things that are near the BART line, <laughs> I guess is a thing. This woman just shook her head, yep, that's how it works. <laughs> then you have to take a bus, then I won't be there. Uh, so SF Bartable tweeted out, like, there's this great thing, the Colossal Clusterfest, there's going to be Jerry Seinfeld, there's going to be Hannibal Burris, and local comic W. Kamau Bell. Aww. I was like, is that what it is? I, I, thought, I thought you have a television show on CNN. I a local comic. The guy you see at Whole Foods. <laughs> because but, I mean, he finally can shop there. And but, his wife makes him <laughs> shop organic for his kids, even though he doesn't believe in it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I was just like, I just felt like, even when comics only have the credit of local comic, nobody wants to be called a local comic. They're right. just like, do you like your laughs near you? Here's the guy for you! But I mean, here's, the, here's why I don't feel bad for you, because in that commercial, it'll be like local comic W. Kamau Bell, and then it'll mention me by saying, and more! So. <laughs> you are the and more part of the thing. <laughs> If it's a smaller festival, I'm a medium font a medium on the poster. Font. At this festival, and more! And, more, and even more. Uh, do you, is there anything happened in the news recently, like in the last couple of days, that relates to this podcast in any sort of significant way? Hump, there was this one piece of news involving a stand-up comedian on HBO who has a television show who isn't John Oliver. Oh, you're really narrowing it down for us. Uh, <laughs> a stand-up comedian well, Tracy a- Ullman... All right, no. <laughs> So Bill, Ma- Bill Maher decided it might be a good idea to say the N-word on his television show real time uh, with, uh, with Bill Maher. There's hissing in the room. That's how you know there are fans. <laughs> and our, you know, how you know you're in San Francisco. That's the... Our fans uh, hiss and snap to make us feel like slam poets, which is not financially feasible as a profession. <laughs> 
But yeah, it was. Weird. I guess uh, there was a uh, was a senator who 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 yeah, he was talking senator to a senator Vince from Nebraska. Sass, who's like the nice Republican. <laughs> is his bill. Yeah, every Republican is trying to be like, I'm one of the good ones. I'm not like the rest. Right, right. I speak right. so well. Right. <laughs> of minorities. <laughs> of the brown folk. <laughs> like he won't use. He won't say the blacks. He'll say black people. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the first yeah, yeah. step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people really get that. Other people are like, I don't understand what the difference is. <laughs> Welcome to San Francisco. <laughs> well, should we play the clip of Bill Maher yes. on politically on, on uh, yeah, yes, time? we should. Yes, we absolutely should. No, adults dress up for Halloween. They don't do that in Nebraska. It's frowned upon. Yeah, we don't do that quite as much. But wow, I've got to get to Nebraska more. <laughs> I, you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. Work in the fields? That's part of that. That's... Senator, I'm a house nigga. No, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> oh, it's nice to see the end. <laughs> Should we say our catchphrase? It's been a minute. Well, yeah, it's been a minute. What's our uh, catchphrase? Oh, it's uh, fuck Bill Maher. I believe that's our catchphrase. <laughs> That has been our catchphrase for quite some time. And let's be clear, it's not it's not about that joke. That's like the that's like the joke that like the new kids are getting on. That's yeah, like, when, yeah. like when your favorite band releases a hit single and you've liked them for years. We're like, oh, the, I've heard the new House Nigger single from Bill Maher. We're like, no. <laughs> we were there for Islamophobia. We were there for misogyny. I was literally there for racism one day when I was on Bill Maher. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so. wasn't nice to you at all. No, here's the thing about that that I think is so funny. That was the worst experience I've ever had on TV. And I interviewed the Klan. So <laughs> let's just get that into some perspective. I talked to Richard Spencer, and yet not even close to how bad that experience was. Richard Spencer looked you in the eye and gave you more dignity than yes, Bill Maher exactly. did. He treated me more like an individual than Bill Maher did. <laughs> that is 100% true. That's not a joke. Uh, so uh, on do you that, think, Do you think they're going to have an opening? I mean, it's a little early. I know it's early, but um, <laughs> you, uh, think, you think next week, real time with Hurricane Ebola? You think that's, <laughs> there's a chance of that happening? Real time with and more. <laughs> anyway, it's time to get our guests out here. Welcome to Politically Reactive. All right, it's time to welcome our first guest to the stage. Shane Bauer is an award-winning journalist and senior reporter at Mother Jones Magazine. He has gone undercover as a private prison guard and as a border militia member. And he was recently reporting from right across the bay, where I live in Berkeley, while right-wing white nationalists, that's also hard to say. You shouldn't name a festival right-wing white nationalists. <laughs> he, was, he was there in Berkeley as they descended upon Berkeley. And he was our second-ever politically reactive guest. Please welcome to the stage, Shane, Shane Bauer! Bauer! So this must be one of your numerous appearances on the uh, comedy festival circuit, I'd imagine, as a Mother Jones reporter. I only do comedy with you guys, actually. <laughs> the extent of my comedy experience. So when, this, uh, you know, when, we, when we decided to have you on to, to talk about what was happening in Berkeley with the mm -hmm. protests and with white supremacists, I just assumed, based on your history, that you went undercover as a white nationalist. I just assumed you would infiltrate. Because you went undercover yeah. in the Louisiana prison system as a prison guard. Not yeah. even undercover. You said, my name is Shane Bauer. I work for Mother Jones Magazine. Can I work in the prison system? I'm like, yep, sure. Right this way, <laughs> sir. Because <laughs> that's how effective the background check is. We don't care. We need bodies. Yeah. And then you also went, again, not necessarily to cover, I'm Shane Bauer, I want to be a militia member, and you went and hung out with militia members. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah and with the white nationalists, it just happened so fast that I didn't really have time to 
to go that deep. Oh, you didn't have, Suddenly they're coming to Berkeley. Yeah. There was just a hashtag, white nationalists yeah. in Berkeley, and you're like, oh, yeah. I'll be right there. Yeah. It, it, it seems almost easier for you, doesn't it, to go undercover as a white nationalist? All you have to do is be like, see? <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. the costume on. Huh? <laughs> right? So what do you think about all this? Because Berkeley has become like a hotbed for like every couple months, the, uh, you know, the alt-right or the Proud Boys show up yeah. to kick people's asses in Berkeley. And then the media sort of portrays this thing as like Berkeley versus the alt-right. But I live in Berkeley, and I know mm -hmm. Berkeley's not fighting the alt-right. The people right. who are fighting the alt-right are coming in from out of town like, I'd like to fight today. Yeah, let's do that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the soccer moms and yoga moms are like, we got to get in the streets and kick some ass. No, no, no. <laughs> like the first week, the big thing that happened was that they canceled the farmer's market, and that upset. <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, women and like, I, where am I going to buy my kale, damn it? <laughs> Going to Whole Foods like a refugee. So... <laughs> What is your thoughts on this on this thing that's happening? And well, you, I think that as far about. as you're talking about um, the way that it's being covered, a thing that has been frustrating about it is that, uh, you know, the alt-right has basically framed this as a free speech issue. They're like the new free speech movement. They're coming to Berkeley because the home of free speech, and they're defending people's right to free speech. And largely the media has gone with that message. Um, you know, when, when Ann Coulter was going to speak in Berkeley, they... Uh, there was a lot of, of outcry about it, and she was eventually canceled, and there were you know, write-ups in the New York Times and stuff like that, uh, defending Ann Coulter's right to speak. Um, and you know, the people that are protesting them are saying, these, like, these guys just want to be racist and homophobic and transphobic, and they're using this as a kind of uh, cover, you know, the free speech thing. Um, but that has been the kind of public discussion of, of what's happening. And you know, it's it's bogus. I mean, these guys, like, so one of the guys, I, many of you have probably seen uh, a meme that, that went around after the, the last protest where uh, a white nationalist leader is punching a woman in the face. This guy uh, is the the leader of a, a campus white nationalist movement. His name is Nathan D'Amigo. He started his activism as a white supremacist by trying to get a professor fired for teaching a class that talks about uh, the problems of, of white identity. You know, so these guys are trying to silence people all the time. Um, you know, there's, there's been so many things that have happened that, uh, you know, they're not speaking up about. For example, when um, uh, Erdogan's guards beat up these Kurdish protesters, no, but nobody on the right is like, protect their free speech. It's, it's very selective. It just kind of comes up when it's, it, it serves their, their interest in kind of putting forward this idea of, uh, you know, creating a white ethnostate of, you know, this kind of ethnic cleansing ideology. Well, isn't it also the problem that, like, because free speech is about the government stopping you from speaking, yeah. not about you getting a gig canceled? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing, I, like, it's not like, it's, Berkeley's, I mean, yes, they are a state school, but they're not the government. They're right. just going, and culture, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they talk about it even when people are just protesting, you know, which is like, they're, they're saying that this is a, you know, a constitutional right. It's also a constitutional right to protest racist people. Yeah. It, <laughs> we don't have 100% agreement there. All right. The new, <laughs> some of the crowd's like, no, I kind of like racism. It's sort of fun. Works out for me. You should see my new apartment. I uh, will say, <laughs> I will say that these like white nationalist protesters are far more entertaining than the previous batch we've seen. Like they pour milk on themselves. Have you seen that? <laughs> these white nationalists they like to they like to chug milk and pour milk on themselves because they say that uh, Europeans can digest cow's milk the best. So that makes them 
superior. And, um, which, which I've, I've been saying this, but if I was to see somebody on the street pouring milk on themselves, the first thing I would think to myself is, I am better than you are. I am <laughs> definitely better than you are. They also wear, you know, some of them are wearing Spartan, Spartan helmets. They have signs that are referencing, like, 4chan memes. I mean, these guys are total clowns. You know, I mean, no, really, it's like, you know, you think of, like, the, the Klan or, like, these old neo-Nazi movements. These guys are a bunch of people that knew each other from the Internet, and they're meeting each other for the first time in Berkeley, California, <laughs> to, to fight. I mean, that thing on April 15th was just three hours of brawling, and it's like some of them, like these, this group called the Proud Boys, are kind of like buff street brawlers, and a bunch of them are just, like, people that spend eight hours a day on the Internet and message Let's boards. Let's be clear, you mean guys like you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, I mean, you're not a guy who's out there fighting in the streets. No. Yeah, I mean, you no. went out to film in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I'm just saying he's a, he's, a, he's a skinny man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but he's not no, the way And they're, they're really into the memes. You know, the, the thing is, the new fascist movement uh, really knows the internet in a way that, you know, this, it's a really new thing. And they, you know, before that, that day, they're saying in their message boards, you know, we're going to go out and get a bunch of great memes. You know, they're, that's the, they're harvesting <laughs> memes, essentially, in the real world to put them back into the Internet, and then the Internet is making people come back out in the streets. So they're like racist nerds. Yeah, totally. Wow. Totally. So, like, so, because they haven't met, they meet for the first mm -hmm. time on, that's their meetup, is yeah. like a racist demonstration. So it's like Ku Klux Khan, more yeah. than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you just come up with that, or did you, were you, I, I mean. <laughs> I'm, I, even though I'm and more, I'm quite a talent. You are quite a talent. <laughs> and, you know. I, I just felt like I saw your brain, like. <laughs> I just, I, I was just impressed. I could see, like, the beautiful mind in your brain, like, pulling it all together. <laughs> like, I wasn't saying, I wasn't saying, I was like, that was pretty amazing, is what and, I'm saying. You know, to, to I think. It's important to say that uh, it's not just the right that is jumping onto this kind of free speech uh, framework. You know, Bill Maher was was really defending uh, Ann Coulter. Oh, he had Milo Fuck on the Bill show. Barr. <laughs> 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 and you know, there was recently the situation in Seattle uh, where a professor and an author was giving a talk, uh, and she was she had written a book about the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, canceled it because there was, uh, she said that she received uh, over 50 threatening messages, including um, death threats. You know, there's, not only is the right not saying anything about her, you know, our need to protect their free speech, but liberals aren't either. Yeah, so just a yeah. background, Princeton University professor, Kianga yeah. Yamada-Taylor, was forced to cancel public speeches after receiving death threats for calling President Trump a racist, sexist megalomaniac. Which I'm pretty sure is on his LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the left hasn't lifted uh, this professor up in the way that the right lifts their. Yeah, people I up. mean, who like very few people have heard about this situation. It's not been it's not been written up in the New York Times, or it's not you know this kind of national issue of controversy like Milo was, for example. Yeah. So, once again, the left needs to be, do a better job of being the response. And not just protect racist homophobes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, yes. Stop protecting racist homophobes. Again, not group agreement. All right. That was even less than last time. No, I think we're doing fine. Have you seen my new apartment? I keep asking you to come over. 
Well, what do you feel? Because you do these you do these things where you go to these places. Like I saw the videos of you. I was retweeting a lot of that day you were in Berkeley. Yeah. And what is your feeling of threat in that situation? When you walk up to these guys, first of all, you have you do have the benefit of white privilege, white yeah. male privilege. You can go up and go, yeah. hi guys, just want to talk to you. No, that's exactly what it's like. I mean, I had it, my camera out. You know, I was no in no way undercover in that situation. I told them I was a journalist and. You know, one of the weird things was that they would automatically assume that I was on their side, you know. Um, sometimes they would turn to me and say, you know, like, I remember this guy with a skull mask getting arrested. And they're like, why are the police arresting one of our guys? You know. <laughs> they were literally, you know, really confused So you don't even it. need to, like, kind of make, you don't need to be like, hey, man, I love a screwdriver. And a, no, no. Did you guys see my signed copy of Mein Kampf? Like, <laughs> no. you don't even... No, There's not actually, even a... in fact, I was, uh, at one point, I was standing on top of this, like, big box, and there was this, this big brawl happening, and I saw this guy start unloading this shield that he had with some weird swastika-like symbol on it, and I went down and asked him if I could take a picture, and he was like, yeah, sure, and he, he did, like, the Nazi salute for, for the picture for <laughs> me, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking to get fired from my job, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> But do you feel, like, do you ever feel like you, that, is there any worry in your head that you might get your ass kicked doing this work you do? Sometimes. I mean, I went, so they, there was another, uh, they came back to Berkeley, um, and they, they were beforehand saying they wanted to, to beat, beat people up, beat up Antifa, which are the, the anti-fascists, the people that generally fight them. Um, so I went to that. The Antifa did not show up. They were there kind of by themselves. But a lot of them knew who I was at that point from the, the first time, I knew who a lot of them were. It was this kind of weird convention of the, the superstars of the day, the last day, you know? Yeah. Um, and some of them came up to me, you know, told me they, they didn't like some of the things that I tweeted and stuff like that, but that was about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. They've gotten soft. Yeah. I, I, you know, also, I ran into the leader of a militia that I was undercover with at that event. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a more like, hey, man, Oh wait! No, no yeah. he he was actually it was kind of like that. Yeah, he was friendly, and he was saying to me, you know, I, he was like, I don't I don't agree with these you know white supremacist guys. I'm just here providing you know medical support, and I was like, well, but you're here on that side. I mean, it's you know. Yeah. Oh, white supremacy. <laughs> he was he wasn't even pissed that you infiltrated his militia. No. Uh, that's he was just like I was in the newspaper. <laughs> Everybody, give it up for Shane Bauer. Thank you for coming, Shane. We appreciate it. We'll be right back after we take care of some business. And some business. All right. Back to the show. Our next guest is a brilliant stand-up comedian, writer, actress, and podcast host. She hosts the hit show So Many White Guys, and you might have already seen her on this very stage hosting Two Dope Queens. She's the author of the New York Times best-selling book, You Can't Touch My Hair, and other things I still have to explain. Please welcome Phoebe Robinson! And there's more, and yes. there's more. Our next guest has written for the New York Times, Cosmopolitan, GQ, Vulture, Jezebel, The Stranger, and The Guardian. She's also contributed to This American Life. Her book, Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman, is also a New York Times bestselling book. Please welcome back to the show my friend, Lindy West. Yeah. 
How are you two doing? Good. I like that you grouped the women together and then the guy was solo. That's cool. I'm just <laughs> getting hot in here. Okay, okay. So, so that's. Uh, we've, we've begun, yes. <laughs> should we just put the mics down and let them handle the rest yeah, of the segment? I feel like that yeah. probably should be the. So, yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe, I had to ask you a question because. Wait, what ha- what's what? with all the car? What happened over here? This is how I do it. It's a podcast. You're ruining my thing. I can just throw things on the ground. It's, it's, this is what my house well, looked what? like before I was married. Is actually. that why you brought us out here to clean up? <laughs> yeah, we can oh. clean up. Jesus, Lord. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay. I got it. No, no, no. No, please, no. No, no, no. No, please. Do not pick up those index cards. We got it. For those <laughs> listening to the podcast, uh, we're being shamed into cleaning up the stage. <laughs> That's what women do. We make men feel bad about themselves. <laughs> this is going a totally different direction than I expected. But I'm just going to sit back and, and let it happen. Uh, uh, we're going to gain one men's rights activist out of this. <laughs> Finally, something that speaks to my needs. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe, like you and I have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're both part of a successful podcast that mm-hmm. talk about race and gender, and, and we're, fu- we're, we're funny about those things. And both of us also have a more famous co-hosts. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, how do you deal with an ego constantly? <laughs> how do you deal with the constant need for attention, <laughs> the fact that you're part of a team? <laughs> how does it feel to have to remind people that you are a partner and not a sidekick? What does it feel like, Phoebe? Oh, wow. Okay. I feel like you're going through a lot. Um, I thought... <laughs> no, we, we talked about this backstage. Um, I mean, it's fine. I feel like Jess and I are, like, a duo, but, like, I've done so much stuff outside of her that, like, I really do feel, like, secure in myself. You know what I mean? Like, I, Yeah, me too. I... <laughs> Whoops. Like, that I... went differently than you expected, didn't it? <laughs> I think the message is work harder. No. I was just going to say that I... I ate a salad yesterday. <laughs> I have been trying. <laughs> so I just think that, like, because I think that Jess and I both have our own lanes, and we both, like, started our careers without each other, that us coming together is, like, great and awesome and spectacular, but then we can go apart. Like, so I feel confident. I feel like white Michelle Williams instead of black Michelle Williams about, like, my career. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was super inside. That was just for the black people here, which not a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> I will say that once this... Uh, Wait, hold on. One, two, three, okay, can we, four, yes. five, we are six, counting. Can, we, can we have the seven, audience get quiet eight, for a second? Can we nine, have all the black people make some noise? Twelve. Close. <laughs> <laughs> I love San Francisco. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lindy. Ah, oh, hi. <laughs> hi. You were just at a, a book festival. The Bay Area Book Festival. How is it different than what you've experienced here? There is crossover. Wow, we did not expect that. <laughs> really? Um, cool. Hey, hey again. Um, well, I've only been here for like five minutes. Right. Um, but I just always feel like... Uh, <sighs> Like, with comedians, there's always this constant... It's like everything's a joke contest, at all, even just in the elevator. <laughs> everything's like a... And, like, authors are also horrible. Um, 
but it's in a different way. Like everyone's wearing pajamas, and you like you don't know what anyone looks like, and then everyone so everyone has a big sort of aggro fit constantly because they're like jockeying for who's the most important uh, intellectual, but no one knows who anyone is. Or maybe that's just me because I don't read any books. I'm at the bottom <laughs> of the. I don't know. I've, I've, I literally just, all I did was I took a, a car over here, got out, then a bunch of people yelled at me because I didn't have a wristband, and then I came inside, and I ate some lasagna, and then I walked on, out on the stage. So I don't, I haven't really, like, felt the vibe. Just to be clear, whenever you, anyone comes into San Francisco, they yell at them for not having a wristband. That's the new, that's the new San Francisco, where's your wristband? <laughs> so just, that's not just today. That's not just today. Well, also, we should be clear, you actually have a flight to catch. Yeah, I mean, it, lit- it leaves, it boards in uh, less than an hour. <laughs> Why are you and doing the, the, the show? I don't, re- I don't because remember. Because this is an important show <laughs> that gets ranked on several lists. I ain't missing my flight for y'all, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, I texted my husband, <laughs> who uh, you guys know, uh, Hame Fale J. Aluo, uh, I, and he's always mad because um, you never mention him. So, um. uh, Lindy's married to my writing partner, um, Maple <laughs> J. Aluo. Um, this is rigged. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Do you? Th- should I like make a big stink and insist that I go on first and then leave to catch my flight?" And he was like, "Yeah, don't miss your flight for Hari." <laughs> What's happening today? <laughs> What is happening to the boy king? But I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm here. I'm here. Well, now I me. feel like I, I feel like you did because you don't want me to feel bad. <laughs> that's true. I'm no, a that's... professional. I made the poster. He said it I'm nicer it. than that. He said it nicer than that. Okay. Kind of. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so we talked a little bit about, in the beginning of the show, about uh, Bill Maher saying house nigga. I love he says nigga. Like, he's like, I listen to Jay-Z. Uh, <laughs> he's very leaned into the A. He leaned into the A. Like, it was like, yeah. And then he did the, the thing a comedian can't do after a joke. He said, it's a joke. Uh, so just to be clear, we're going to talk about your, anybody's feelings on Bill Maher. Uh, but I feel like the other thing, like we said earlier, like a lot of people are getting upset about Bill Maher about this thing he did Friday, saying house nigga. But... Again, it's like a band you've supported for a long time. Like, we know the deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's not the first thing he's ever done. He's, and he's done many things about Islam, but he said, he said, Islam is the mother load of bad ideas and referred to the Quran as a hate-filled book. He also said, he also once said, what if during Black History Month we all bought lobster with food stamps? I don't even understand that one. <laughs> what if for Cinco de Mayo we all went swimming in blue jeans? I don't, okay, I don't understand those, but uh, they sound just weird. Uh, but and he's also he's been accused of misogyny many times. He's been he's 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 it, this is not his first deep cut. What's also interesting is like you know most of the jokes he has obviously are written by writers. Those are the ones he came up with on the spot. <laughs> well, that's impressive. What do you what do you mean is to say is? I'm I'm just saying I, I'm I know it sounds like I'm saying that he's old, out of touch, not talented, and a bigot. Okay. <laughs> so my question is for you two. We can start with uh, with Lindy. What are your thoughts on on Bill Maher? Uh, well, um, unfortunately, it's not a video podcast because your face said everything. You <laughs> <to be sure. laughs> um, 
just maybe all whites should lose our jobs. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, like, don't want to parse it anymore. Like, who's allowed to say what and what's politically correct and what's politically incorrect and, like, what you should... Like, you know what, man? Like, you've ha we've had our time and we failed. Like, we ruined everything. It's all... We're all going to die. We're all going to be vaporized or the earth is going to um, swallow us. The oceans will swallow us. And, uh, you know, that's my bad. My people's bad. So... <laughs> Fuck Bill Maher. I don't know. I mean, the political correctness thing, this is, I think, what it boils down to. People are upset that they can't talk shit about the people they used to talk shit about them without responding. Yeah. Like, they, they miss the days where, like, oh, crap, they, they're, like, they hate the fact, oh, they're with, it as, uh, they're with us at work now? Like, right. that's the part that bothers them. The idea that, oh, I got to feel bad about you being there, and I can't tell you you're fired because you feel bad? Like, that's what it's about. Yeah. So yeah. this is where I get lost, because it's like, fuck Bill Maher. And fuck that idea, and um, I, I don't know. The fact that it's an, an ad lib uh, means that that's the real Bill Maher. You know, that's, a writer didn't write that. That's him revealing his true self, which is entitled white guy who thinks he can say whatever he wants and he owns the world, and fuck that. Like, I don't think it's the end of the world if a white guy is fired for doing a bad job, and a lot of people do think that, so I don't know. Phoebe, what are your, what are your thoughts? Or, or do you want to not say anything because you want to be on real time at some point? <laughs> I gave up that dream a long time ago. I, I don't want to be on his show. <laughs> uh, he's been trash for like a really long time. So I'm like, yeah, he continues to be garbage. And everyone's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, that's his brand. His brand is trash. It's like, <laughs> literally, he's bonkers. And I don't think about him. I'm, I, I take the mindset of, have you guys ever seen the show The Hills? Um, so you remember when Lauren Conrad is like, I want to forgive you, and I also want to forget you? That's where I'm at. Single <laughs> mascara tear. I want to forgive you. And I want to forget, yeah. Ah. So, I'm done. I don't care. Like, let's move on. He's, he's going to still have his show. He's still going to, like, try and fuck black chicks. Like, I, he's so fucking tired. I'm fucking done with this guy. <laughs> so done. So, hashtag fuck Bill Maher, but hashtag don't fuck Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Kathy Griffin uh, obviously was in the news. Uh, there was a video of her taking a picture with the decapitated head of uh, Donald Trump. It was not real. Okay, yeah. And, I think that's, um, some people might be like, what? I sh <laughs> How come CNN didn't report that news? Kathy Griffin killed Donald Trump? What's wrong with my phone? Am I not getting reception? <laughs> and, then, and then she you know, apologized for it, and she had a pr uh, press conference talking about how like, they're trying to destroy her career. And it, What is worse? It feels like Kathy Griffin has certainly has gotten more heat over what I'm, she has done. But oh, I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh, is the woman going to be fired? Uh, sorry, did I talk over you? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I feel like, like she knew what she was doing. She's a grown-ass adult. Like, she knew that holding, like, a bloody, decapitated head of, like, a president, like, it's going to, like, rankle some feathers. Like, people are going to be like, that's cool, next. Like, no one's <laughs> like, cool, like, what do you want for brunch? Like, no one's going to, like, just move on. Chilaquiles? Great. So, for her to be, like, shocked that people are, like, it's like, yeah, this is what happens. You do something completely bonkers. You get fired from everything for a month. You go away. You go away for two months. Go to fucking Cabo. That's what the Kardashians do. Go to fucking Cabo. 
come back, have like, you know, a stand-up special where you're like, remember this crazy thing I did? Yeah. And then people applaud, and then she's making more money. Like, I don't understand why she had this press conference where she was like crying. I'm like, stop fucking talking about it. Just go away. Yeah. But also at the same time, I will say that it's easier for people to be more outraged because she is a woman. So I'm, I'm sure on Twitter there's a lot of trolls who are just like, this is my opening to say everything I've ever wanted to say about her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, she, she manufactured this controversy. And it's like, sometimes when you do that, you can kind of control the outcome. And other times you can't. And this is one of those times where she can't control what the outcome is. And I'm sure that's super scary for her. But I also think her holding press conferences, which her, her publicist should be fired, because I was <laughs> fucking bananas. I, I watched it at work. I was like, I'm going to do work later, guys. I'm going to watch this. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, but it just was like, it just made it worse. Yes. So. But do you think, what do you think is between the two? So do you think that's, I mean, I, this is a dumb discussion, but let's have it. Well, I think to like... Me, like, not to excuse Bill Maher, like, because it was off the cuff, but everyone knew he was kind of trash. But, like, she, like, <laughs> had to go to Zara and, like, pick out her outfit. And then she hired, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she hired, like, hair and makeup. And then, like, there was a fucking fake blood. Like, there was a lot. There's weeks. Yeah. Like, you don't just, I, yeah, you can't to, as improvise that photo shoot. Like, you have to, like, yeah. go to Ricky's and get the right kind of blood. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she sent her assistant out with, like, here's my Amex. Like, here the thing. You know, it, I don't know. It's all dumb shit to me. They're both equally stupid. But I just, I don't think people should be, like, giving her death threats. Like, the secret, like, she's not going to try and kill the press. Like, she literally, like, the Secret Service, like, checking on her. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dog? What if Kathy Griffin did kill the press? (laughs) (laughs) But it's, like, so I'm not saying it would be good or I would be happy. (laughs) But, like. That's a plot twist. That would I would enjoy... I haven't started House of Cards yet, so don't, if that's it, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta say, like, clearly you can tell by the fact that I can't even make a coherent sentence about it. I'm so fucking bored of talking about what, what, about jokes and, like, which jokes are fine. Um, but I do think that we can make a distinction between having a violently angry response to a horrifying racist regime that is trying to act, like literally kill people. I mean, he's getting people killed already. People are be- being murdered by like Trump super fans. Versus like Bill Maher, who's just a racist, like being a racist, being part of that system that elected Trump. So I don't know. It's kind of like I'm not. I don't like either of them, but I do think that I think Maher is worse than Griffin. If we have to rank the people that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you'd rather have a conversation about one, you're like, I guess I'd rather have a Kathy Griffin conversation. Well, I, I think mean, th- fuck Donald Trump. I don't know, man. Like, fuck that guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> I don't know if you've been following 30% the news. 30% agreement in the crowd on fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. Curious, just interesting. That guy's a real piece of shit if you haven't been following. It's like, maybe you have like, not been paying attention, but like, he's really bad, you guys. Lindy, you, uh, you recently wrote in a Guardian article that when it comes to letting us know who they are, the Trumps are more showers than tellers. What are they saying and what are they showing us? Also, did you think about saying they were more showers than growers? I did think about it. Um, it doesn't make sense, which is why I didn't... It doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean anything in the context. Um, I think that was in reference to uh, Ivanka, right? 
see, now you, I have to remember what I wrote two weeks ago in the newspaper. Um, it, it's sort of this idea that Ivan, because Ivanka's pretty, that means she's good, which is a big problem in our society. I don't know if you've noticed. We just, like assume that like the hotter you are, the better of a person you are, uh, which is not a good system. Um, <laughs> so people are like, like Ivanka's definitely going to... Um, Stop global warming with her nail beds. They're perfect. Um, and uh, it's kind of like, uh, so yeah, I said they're more showers than tellers or growers if you want to figure out a way to shoehorn that in. To just, add, you just have to add extra penis references to my work. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you guys are straight fucking up today. No, 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 no. No, maybe. Uh, but, <laughs> Ari's getting pity back rub. Um, I feel like the next uh, comedy festival I'm doing is like the Sunnyvale Comedy Cluster <laughs> Festival. <laughs> anyway, my point was that, you know, it doesn't matter if Ivanka's like, I love paid family leave uh, because all you have to do is look at what they're actually doing, which is just destroying uh, everything good. So, like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know why anyone is giving any credence to anything that comes out of their mouths, because uh, it's all, everything is a weird lie or, uh, or just gibberish, so. Uh, Phoebe, mm -hmm. this, this is a, a question that was written by someone else, so it sounds formal, so I'm just going to read it, okay? What do you mean? Like, uh, who wrote it? Uh, well, I, I don't really prepare for the programs. I like to just go out there with, and be in the moment, you know? Okay, that's cute. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But, um, well, I just I want to be honest. I think honesty is really Wait, important. Like an intern wrote it? The, the producer did. Oh, uh, cool. But, but I, I, I thought about it. Great. This is like a bad Bumble date. I love I, it. Dude. Love it. <laughs> I live in this area, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People see me in the streets and smile. <laughs> Not all of them, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not on College Avenue. In oh my God! It's local comic. W. Come on. Yeah, local comic. <laughs> you are a successful self-made black woman in entertainment who says yes. what she thinks. Yes. What advice do you have for navigating the industry? Oh gosh, I'm always asked this. Okay, let's try. Um... <laughs> That's why when I saw that question, I put it. I'm gonna put this in hurry stack of questions. Yeah, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I I'm like, I'm reading this question. I'm like, this is not a question I usually yeah, ask, but ask okay. Me that. So ask me something that you would ask me. Okay, I'm going to read this card then. Okay. And it, <laughs> okay, well, here's, I, mean, yes. I, love your, I love both your shows, Two Dope Queens, of course, with Jessica, and also you have the show So Many White Guys that yes. was on last season, which yes. is wonderful. So many people were like, are you and Hari going to date? Like, yeah. people were like trying to ship us. Yeah. That's like really cute. That's people, you know, they, uh, they, 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 they like to have fantasy lives. They like right. to write fan fiction. Yeah. That's why they're there and not here. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I, wait. I have to take Bart home, man. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna see me like, ah, ah, ah. But uh, how much? <laughs> when you wanted to name your podcast, so many white guys. How yes. much pushback was there, and did you get pushback after you named it that? I that was the only title I wanted. <laughs> that was it. it came to me. I was like, uh, that's what I'm calling this podcast. And I only want to talk to one white guy per season and everyone's gonna be okay with that. And WNYC was like, cool, 
Uh, I love the fact that like there's normally like a brain, like a Google Doc with a list of things no. and brainstorm ideas. And your Google Doc had so many white guys. Yeah, I just email like, share because that's literally what I. That's what the podcast world is like. It's like so many white guys. It's like you know, and they're all talented, like Ira Glass and Mark Maron. Like nothing to take away from those guys, but it's a lot. And so I wanted the show to kind of be something different. And I think a lot of times when like white white people are hosting a, <laughs> a show and they they want to be inclusive so they want like if they're interviewing a woman they want to be like what's it like to be a lady who does things and you're like I have I do I just do things like it's like everyone else like they just are like they can't like uh, like kind of like what Hari just did but like worse than what he just you're did you're a successful self-made black I woman was- entertainment <laughs> who says what she thinks <laughs> Wait, who's the producer that did it? Where, where's the producer? Oh, I, I'm not going to oh, out the producer. Uh, what a, maybe that could be the love of my life. You ever think about that? You ever Wait, think about is this that? The love like the of real, your, it's like the romantic comedy. I used to hate you. Yeah. Wait, is it, isn't the love of your life John Hamm? I mean, listen, guys. Listen, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I'm just, it's going to be one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in love with him. He's going to be like, models, bye. And I'm like, I get it. Um, but it's his loss. It's his loss, you know? Well, before we go, I feel like I would like to play the clip that you wanted to play earlier. That we didn't oh, get God. To. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we can all weigh in on this. Uh, you can set it up. Um, so it feels almost like, of course, I'm going to talk about this. But, Which is uh, why I feel like we have to do it. Yeah. Uh, so the Indians, <laughs> I was going to call it the Indian spelling bee, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> The spelling bee, also known as the Indian Super Bowl, um, <laughs> was earlier uh, this week, and the top ten finishers were all Indian. Uh, which I wish they had at least one non-Indian person, just like you know, just so it's not a stereotype, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there was a young South Asian woman won. You know, I, to me, it's like it, I watch it every year. It's exciting. My friend Kevin Nagandi from ESPN, he he gets to host it. I know he's very excited about it every year. It's our one thing. It's our one. So this was on CNN, and they interviewed the spelling bee winner, and they asked her to spell kofefe, uh, which like she just spelled all the words in the dictionary. But okay, now. And they were playing this game with her. So the anchors asked the winner, uh, you know, after they made her play the stupid game, uh, you know, she, she spelled it wrong because it's not a real word. Uh, then this happened. That word, it, it days. It was really C-O-V-F-E. We don't know that. F-E. <laughs> but it, again, is a nonsense word. So we're not sure that its root is actually in Sanskrit, which is what you're probably uh, used to using. So... What? So yes, the anchor Allison Camerata said the, the you're probably used to words where the root is in Sanskrit. Can Fuck we not you. have one thing? That's our one thing. We don't we don't like we can't just walk around being like, hey, look at look at us competing in you know med school. Like you don't have you don't have the other. This is our one thing where we can be like, hey, we spell better than you. We're a colonized people. We took your language. We win with it. <laughs> We can't even have that. She just spelled all the words. I feel like if I was to chart this podcast, you were like the Warriors down 20, and then at the end you pulled it out with a barrage of (laughs) three-pointers with that last little speech. 
But then you lose in game seven. But they, uh, what? Phoebe Robinson is all out of fucks. <laughs> Thank you to Lindy West and Phoebe Robinson, everybody. Bye, Shrill. Listen to so many white guys. Two dope queens. Also watch Portlandia. Read all of Lindsay's columns. Lindy's columns. Thank you. Get Lindy to the airport. Wow, this was a stand-up, sir. Oh, yeah. This was a lot. We packed a lot into that little bit of time we had here. What did you learn today? Well, I learned that I might have sleep apnea and you don't care. <laughs> I learned that it's also a constitutional right to protest racists. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, I learned that the new fascist movement really loves the internet and uh, they really love to make memes. Yes. Which, I mean, who knew that Tumblr was that evil, huh? I learned that Phoebe feels secure in her podcast partnership. <laughs> and I learned that Hannibal Burrs thinks that's funny, is what I learned right here. <laughs> you know what? I learned that Hannibal Burrs is here. He walked out on stage. Hey, what's happening? Thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs> oh, you got that? Yeah, oh, that sounds great. That's great. Me and Hannibal are wearing the same MeUndies. Yeah. MeUndies, yeah, the best great. podcast sponsor money can buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the best ending of, a, of anything yeah. ever. Hannibal Burris is the best, everybody. Yeah. Harry Condomolo is also the best. I will be on BART. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Special thanks to Hannibal. Well, that's going to do it for the live show and for this week's bonus episode. Thanks again to our amazing guests, Shane Bauer, Phoebe Robinson, and Lindy West. Please check out Shane's great work for Mother Jones. Buy the magazine or go to motherjones.com. And make sure you go listen to Phoebe's podcast, Two Dope Queens and So Many White Guys, and pick up her book, You Can't Touch My Hair. And as we've discussed before, my dear friend Lindy has written the book Shrill, and you can read her writing all over the internet, including her regular pieces for The Guardian. Also, thank you to everyone who's been commenting on Twitter using the hashtag PoliticReactive. It's been really fun seeing what you have to write and going back and forth with you. Keep them coming, and please check us out on Facebook. Also, we're on Instagram. Also, Kamau has a wonderful book out, a should-be bestseller, The Awkward Thoughts of W. Kamau Bell, and you should definitely pick it up at your local bookstore or wkamaubell.com. Kamau also has some live shows coming up next month that you absolutely have to go to. July 14th in Oakland, for example, he'll be opening for The Roots at Fox Theater. On July 20th, he's doing his show, Kamau, right now. That's also in Oakland. July 26th to the 29th, he'll be in Montreal at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And on August 3rd, he'll be in Chautauqua, New York at the Chautauqua Institution Amphitheater. I also have my albums out. You can purchase those at Bandcamp or iTunes or wherever else. Also, I'm uh, hitting the road this summer. You can catch me in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys Comedy Club on July 9th. Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live on July 12th. That's my debut in Phoenix. Denver, Colorado at Comedy Works Denver, July 13th through the 15th. In August, I'll be in San Diego. That'll be August 18th through the 20th at American Comedy Corporation. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, August 24th to 26th at the Helium Comedy Club. Baltimore, Maryland at Creative Alliance, August 27th. Burlington, Vermont at Vermont Comedy Club, August 31st to September 2nd. 
And if uh, you, know, you want to get a head start, November 3rd, I'll be headlining the Wilbur in Boston. Visit hurricundabolu.com for details. Thanks to the Clusterfest house engineer, Shelby Cherajoli, and to Brad Lyman. Thanks to Dan Brandon for recording the show, and thanks to our volunteers, Audrey Dilling, Paulina Hartolo, and Alex Kammerling. Politically Reactive is a production of Topic and distributed by Earwolf. Our executive producers are Lisa Langang and Lita Malad. The show is produced by Max Jacobs, Laura Flynn, and Erica Moo. The show is engineered by Dan Gallucci. And thanks, as always, to Brontes Purnell for providing music for the show. Thanks for listening, everybody.